what's happening? Welcome to the People's Show, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. I'm Bick, Dom, Elon, behind the glass, running the show today. You can get involved as well, 650 650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Busy uh, day yesterday. We'll uh, continue some of that discussion with Yannick Hansen here in just a moment. It is a Canucks game day, though, as well as they're getting set to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins, a new power play look as well. Uh, we'll get into that in the second half of the show. So anything you want to touch on with that, uh, text in 650-650 uh, into that Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, whatever is on your mind. Uh, but let's go down the dispatch plumbing and heating hotline. The first call, the only call, joining us now. He is brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford in Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser, the uh, both sides of the Fraser to serve you. He is a longtime NHLer, former Vancouver Canuck. You hear him often. You're on Sportsnet 650 on Canuck Central on Fridays, and here on the People Show on Tuesday. It's Yannick Hansen. Yannick, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Uh, excellent. Uh, you know, a, a win against Boston clears everybody's minds, and uh, people are happy uh, at least uh, for a day or so because uh, then uh, the the Elias Pettersson stuff started all over again. And you know, yesterday was a a fun day on its own. Um, and and we've talked to you about it, and and you've mentioned like every day that goes by, his leverage increases, and here comes the deadline, and it, it's going to continue. Obviously, as as the story picks up as we get closer to the deadline. Do you feel like this has now become too big, or is this just part of the course of a superstar negotiation? Yeah, I think with where if this team was uh, middle of the pack fiddling around, I think the story was could be completely different because you you have all the runway to make a run at a at a, at a cup this year with the team how they perform with him, uh, the security of having him for another year, all these things. So, so it's not like your back is is against the wall here. Um, you can you can move past it this deadline without any fear that that he's gone. Uh, make the run at the playoffs. You've added Lindholm and these things. Hopefully, you're you're finding another tweak here or there in order to better your team. Um, but you have the the confidence that he's not gone. Um, so I I don't think you're you're that nervous right now. That being said, moving past the deadline, moving past the playoffs. If we're still talking like this going into the summer, still no signing, July 1st and all these things, that then it, the, the tune is going to change. Because, um, again, you, you cannot cannot let it slip. And, and, again, once you move past the summer into the season, your return starts to diminish on him a little bit. Um, set team that are acquiring him are losing a year of uh, restricted free agency. They're losing uh time on him playing for them as well so i i'm assuming that they're gonna get a, a pretty clear picture here pretty soon whether or not he wants to stay uh long term or not um because they say you will have to start negotiating some way and if he's just hesitant um take his qualifier whatever you know then you know what it is he's gonna leave and you have to 
and move on with that assumption. Um, if he starts uh, talking and then you're getting somewhere with a long-term deal, when, then it's a different story. But, but again, his actions over the next three or four months, uh, five months, will, will dictate uh, what he's going to do uh, a year and a half from now. Because at times we talk about, and I just said it there, like these next you know two weeks are going to be important, and you're talking about a five-month timeline heading into the qualifying offer, and so it feels like you feel like there's still a lot of runway. So your 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 level of concern feels like hasn't shifted from where we were in September to where we are now. No, uh, not at all. Like, like I said, you you have enough time um, that I'm not worried about people seeing him as a rental or anything. Like if you're moving him. Uh, you're moving him to a team I'm assuming he'd like to go to. Um, talk it out like that too. That will obviously in- increase your your return as well. Um, that team being able to sign him and all these things. So uh, like, like I said, you still have control. Um, that control will disappear rather soon here. Um, like I said, if he's... Uh, doesn't want to negotiate, doesn't want to want to do anything, just want to go in, take his $10 million qualifying offer, uh, which he's entitled to, uh, and then saying he's going to say, oh, I'm just going to see how this thing goes uh, and play the year. No, don't do that. Um, if he's not committing this summer, then, then I, I look very, very strongly at moving him right away. Um, like I said, because then I think his intention is to leave, find somewhere else to play. Um, like I, said, I don't know him. I haven't spoken to anybody who knows him. It, it's just the outside view there as to how guys kind of approach these things. Um, if you want to stay, if you're comfortable in a place, and I'm sure they, they've thrown the bank at him, uh, open the vault, if you will. Um, so so it, it's not like the money aren't there. Um, but again, w- what does he want with his life? Because he will get his money. Mm-hmm. He will get his money no matter where he goes. So, so that's where the the danger is right now. It's not like you have him uh, against the wall here, and then he can't. Well, no, he's gonna. He can pick and choose. He set himself up that way. So, so you're a little bit at the mercy as to what he wants. You're still holding some court cards with the in terms of trading him and all these things. Um, but like I said, uh, that qualifying offer and what happens uh, from there and until it's either signed, because that has to be signed, I think, within two two weeks of it um, being offered, then you know, and then you make a decision right there. Um, and if he's taken the qualifying offer, that one-year deal, um, then, then I don't want him starting as a Canuck. Uh, then I want him traded before the season started. Um, so you don't run into what we've seen in in Calgary the last couple of years with, with Kachuk and, uh, and Goudreau, where you're kind of like, we got a pretty good team, and maybe make something happen. Maybe we get lucky in signing them. They're talking like they want to stay, and then boom, they're gone, and now you're left holding uh, the cat or whatever you say. How unusual does this strike you, right? Because we don't often see players exercise this like to the breaking point right like Pashnek signed last year right at the deadline he was an unrestricted free agent and then you mentioned the Kachuk ones but but generally speaking like star level players are going to get their money early and and usually just get whatever contract they want just in general like does this strike you as unusual or is this because he's technically not doing anything wrong it's just different yeah it it, it, for me it is unusual because of the the time I played in um but like I said, we've seen it now a couple of times. Goudreau wanted to go home. Kachuk wanted to go to Florida. Um, these things. But but outside of those guys, uh, we have seen the star players. They, they stick around. 
Braden Point, Kucherov, McDavid, Dreisaitl, um, McKinnon, uh, they, they don't leave um, yet. Um, and again, when I played, it was the same thing. You, you knew exactly who was playing in, in L.A., who was playing in Anaheim, who was playing in San Jose. It was the same stars, and they were there from the beginning on, until the end. They were, there was a different team, uh, belonging to a team, if, if you will, uh, belonging to, to a city, a franchise, wanting to make it your home kind of thing, where, where now there, there is a little bit more movement. Uh, still, players don't have the, the freedom to just pick and choose, so it is still like the security of the contract a lot of times is what makes you stick around as well because you, you don't want to risk a down year, an injury, and then all of a sudden you're... Uh, uh, your golden goose or whatever you call it is gone and now you have to kind of prove it kind of thing again um, but it, but it has changed a little bit there's there's our perspective from the media and the fans point of view and, and then from the players perspective which is why it's always enlightening to talk to you uh, because you know one thing that gets brought up is like oh it's a distraction how, how often were you curious about the status of another player's contract and and would, would you ever discuss it no, there, there was no discussion. Guys keep that very, very secretive, even though we walk up against each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, you, you'd show up in the morning and, uh, hey, did you hear he signed? I was like, oh, congrats, and what did you get? And all stuff, and then that's it. Because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to jinx it. Um, you don't want to open your mouth, say something, and then it doesn't happen. Uh, or, or things change. So it's like, it is kind of hush-hush until it's done. But did you um, have a silent curiosity about it? Um, a lot of times, if it's during the season, you don't know either, um, because, like I said, it's not something they uh, they broadcast everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, more so in, in the off season, and in the off season, we don't see each other uh, in the same way. So, so it's not like you're you're talking with each other all the time. So, uh, of course, you're you're always uh, curious as to like, oh, I, I sure hope Hank and Danny aren't going anywhere. And was it 09 or 010 um, when they signed right at, at the deadline there? Um, but again, it wasn't like you were texting, or at least I wasn't texting all the time, like, are you back, are you coming back, kind of like that. You, you, you're waiting to see how it plays out. You're hoping, praying that they'll be back. Um, but you also know that it, it's everybody's uh, own right to, to pick and choose. And a lot of times these guys that are difference makers, they've earned the right to pick and choose where they want to go. Um, the, the, the season, the success hinges on them, um, their play, if you will. So, so again, they've, they've earned a little bit more luxury in that sense than, than the rest of us mere mortals. So that's the other part of it too, right? Because he gets to, to play this out how he wants. Do you think he owes it to the team to, to negotiate right now? Uh, does he owe it? Um, uh, again, he doesn't owe to, to stay here in that sense. He, he, in my opinion, he owes them to be clear. If you don't want to stay here, let them know. Play this season out. I, I, even if he comes to Jim tonight and say, hey, Jim, I'm not going to resign here long term after my year is gone next year, I'm, I'm leaving. I, I would assume that Jim would say, hey, this year we have a really good chance here. Let, let's play this one out and then move you in the off season. Let, let that be it. Uh, I, like I said, I, I would... If he comes to and I'm the GM uh, and he tells me that, I, I would still want him this playoffs here because the opportunity they've presented themselves with, and he's a big part of it. 
um, and, and then you move on from it after. So uh, from my point of view, as long as he's clear, as long as he doesn't, ah, well, I like here in Vancouver and, and maybe I'll, I'll stick around. Let, let's, let's see how it goes. And maybe we're also good. Ne- no, I, I don't want to hear that song. It's, it's yay and nay uh, at that point because he means too much for this franchise, both as him as a player if he plays here, but also if you're moving on from him because you'd like the pieces coming back if you're moving him to be franchise-altering, being different makers right away uh, in the future, depending on what it is. So, so that's where it's like, it's be clear about it. He carries too much weight uh, in Vancouver, in this league, that that you can't be, in my opinion, again, vague about it. You mentioned that he's going to get whatever money he wants and whatever term as well. Um, and if it, it seems very clear from the Vancouver Canucks point of view that they are willing to go to any level uh, to to satisfy that. But hey, it, it depends what he wants, whether it's a different city, whether it's winning, whatever it is. How many things like did you consider when it came to? You know, wanting to play or or stories you heard from other players of things that they considered as well outside of just money and term. Yeah, like he can he can't claim the winning part anymore because they're they're winning now. So it's just whether or not he wants the media frenzy, um, Canadian weather, uh, tax situation. That that's probably what it boils down to. Are you happy uh, playing in Vancouver in Canada, um, or, or do you want to? Do you want to play in Vegas? Do you want to play in Florida? Uh, do you want to play in Dallas? One of these places where life is a little easier, um, a little warmer, a little nicer, uh, less taxes. Uh, that That's probably what it boils down. And that's also painting him in a, in a I wouldn't say bad picture, but but again, you, you're not picking based on on, on feel and, and what you come up with. Again, mm-hmm. for me, um, I, I, I wanted to win. It, it was pretty... Life is easier when when you win. Um, so so again, if if I was able to play on a team that had an opportunity, um, it, it just makes it easier coming to the rink. I was very fortunate for uh, a lot of years early in my career. Then then we had some down years in in Vancouver, and even though I had, I'd say personal success uh, in terms of of production and stuff like that, like it was. It was a lot easier coming to the rink uh, the years I scored uh, eight or nine goals, but we were winning a ton than it was uh, when I scored 20 and then we weren't winning. Um, so, so like I said, it, it's it's nice to be on those teams um, where there is success. People people tend to care about those teams. Um, it's a different feel around it. Um, so so those, those are one of the things that when that's being said, obviously security is a big thing too. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to play on a, on a couple of longer deals, a three-year and then a three to turn into a four. Um, so, so it wasn't like I was always worried about, oh, where am I going to be next year? Because um, then my perception might have been different. Um, but because I was kind of set in in my way, in my contract, and, and happy with it, it was like it, it's pretty freaking nice playing on a winning team. About the winning, too. Um, you know, I, I've kind of made the point that, you know, the, the, the year after the bubble – um, playoffs where you know all the free agents left and you know the team was taking a step forward but the organization kind of hit pause and took a big step back you know that to me you know from an athlete's point of view I may imagine that kind of violates a commitment to winning to, to some degree you understand it's a business but like the team was ready to move forward and the organization hit pause and I always just wonder if that element too of yes they're winning games right now but the overall organizational commitment to to, to winning still has to for me like improve a great deal 
Yeah, but a lot of time that's dictated by the play on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, like this year, if they hadn't played like this, they, they wouldn't have been playing to win. They wouldn't have added players. They wouldn't have traded picks and and future players for, for, for I'm not saying rentals, but, but that could potentially be what it is. Sure. So that, that's where it's like the, the play on the ice dictates. And yeah, they came out good out of the bubble or the bubble was a good playoff for them. And that next year, there was the same excitement. They just happened to turn out losing a bunch of game early and boom, right mm-hmm. gone we goes. Yeah, you have to. There is some overhaul. But again, the players that left from the bubble, and I cannot recall who it was and why and where, um, but it, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the horses that are carrying the team now. They were still there and they're still here now. And they were still the important players back then too. So, so it's not like um, you went out and, and you sold off. No, you, you let some veteran players go. But a lot of times those are the filling around your core that, that tend to, to round out the team. And, and if they would have had a team that they could have filled out around set players, no problem again. The other thing too is you know he he spoke about with uh, with Elliot Friedman before the season uh, in his interview and, and he he mentioned a great deal about like legacy right and he talked about watching Messi win the World Cup. How much did you consider legacy as a player? Yeah, that's, again, that if if we would have won the cup in eleven, I would have been the first first Danish player to win the Stanley Cup. So I guess that would have been a, a legacy kind of thing for me. Right. But again, it was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the player that are on TV. Um, 15 years from now, like, like we see the old players, that's not the type of player I was. So it wasn't something that entered my mind or it was like, I need this because so-and-so, no, I, I want to win because like I want to win. And that was the extent of it. Uh, and, and yeah, if we knew that that if we win in 11 with Vancouver, it's the first time we bring the cup here and, and you will be in some sense immortalized. Like we're champions. Mm-hmm. You can never take that away from us. Uh, from the team, the players that were on that, that, that goes to to the grave. So so that's where the legacy kind of come in, the winning part of it. Um, you're engraved forever, if you will, but, but that's on a team aspect more so than on an, on an individual. Because I would also argue too, like in, in to win the first cup in this city, I, obviously like winning any championship is massive, but to do it in this city relative to every other team in the NHL, I, I I, f- I find it hard to argue that any other place would be better than here right now. Like the first cup in Vancouver, I think, would mean more to than any other city. And I- I'm biased. I'm from here, right? I work here. But I- as far as like legacy defining, I-, I-, I can't really find a better spot. No. And again, we are, we are in a little bit of a bubble out here mm-hmm. in the West. Uh, I- I'd say if if he gets traded to Toronto and he does it Toronto- in Toronto, it's probably bigger. Um, just because of how Toronto sees themselves, more people in these things. Montreal, maybe. Uh, I, I can again. You can make the uh, the argument in maybe one of the U.S. cities as well. But but it is like you said, the, Vancouver hasn't won, and hockey is number one here. Where we're not competing with anybody else. There's no football teams. There's no NBA. There's no baseball. You are it. Um, and I have no problem, no no question that that he is beloved in this city when he is in and around, go out restaurants, whatever it, it is. But, but I, I'd be, be hard pressed finding a restaurant that wouldn't comp his meal if he brings a Stanley <laughs> Cup to to Vancouver. 
Uh, okay, so the Canucks win on Boston. Uh, what did you like from that game? Uh, they come from behind and uh, win in overtime. Uh, uh, win in overtime. The, the thing that stuck out to me is they were very consistent in their play. They didn't have to change much uh, as the game went along, and they they clawed their way back. Yeah, uh, statement win. Uh, you needed it. You needed it, obviously, because they lost a, a couple of games before that. Um, but but we found a way to to lose a lot of those bigger games in Boston, uh, Colorado. Vegas, all these games that we've been talking about. So it, it was nice to see them win and, and again coming back and winning from being down because it could have very well been uh, over with and done when they're down 2 nothing. but they found a way to come back, uh, score some goals. Again, the power play had been a sore spot and they, they find a way to score in the power play as well. Um, so, so it's a lot of a lot of check boxes there. I know they changed the power plays for tonight. It is what it is. But, mm-hmm. but again, you 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 needed that win, and, and you needed that win against a legitimate team. Uh, so not uh, I'm going to say a spitball against a, a Phoenix team. No, you needed a win against the uh, upper echelon team in the league right now. That that's on the right trajectory. That's considered himself and others probably a, a contender in the playoffs. So it, it was very good to see. They also went the three centers down the middle, right? Miller, uh, Pedersen, and Lindholm. Uh, something you'll see tonight as well against Pittsburgh. Uh, do you like that look? Is it uh, too much down the middle, or it, and does it take away from the depth on the wings? Yeah, the, the depth of the wing has been a sore spot for a while now. We've been talking about this when you asked who we should add and then what should be added. Um, a, again, you have you have really good middle six wingers on this team. Uh, you, you're needing you're needing somebody at the at the top end. So by adding three centers now, these middle six wingers will get a chance to to play with with better caliber centers, if you will. Um, but again, you're hoping now that that three lines all of a sudden starts gelling um, instead of just two two lines kind of thing and then hoping for something. So, uh, again, you have a, you have some runway here to, to experiment um, bef- before the deadline and after the deadline. So, uh, again, all those three are natural centers. Um, if you load up, one of them will have to play off position. Yeah, it's easier for a center to shift out as a winger. Uh, but, again, you, you're better down the middle. There's no question. Uh, it's just whether or not there's enough ice time to go around because now you're pushing a a player who's performing very well in probably Bluger to a fourth line. Mm-hmm. Um, his his minutes is going to be diminished now. There's no question about that because you have to get PD out. You have to get JT out. You have to get Lindholm out. How much time is left after this? It's kind of the same scenario when Bo was here. Um these three players, yeah, Lindholm doesn't make that much money, but but you don't want you don't want that much talent sitting on the bench that long at a time. And again, these guys they probably like playing somewhere in the 18 to yeah 20 minute range a night uh, to really feel engaged. Well, if they play 18 minutes a night, then there's a lot of not a lot of minutes left for for a fourth line center. So that that's the only drawback. Actually, on the depth on the wings, too, last question for you here. While we were just talking about like the overall commitment to winning, um, if the Canucks did nothing more prior to the deadline, do you think they'll have done enough to like really solidify their chances in the playoffs, or, or should they go do more? I still think they're, they're not as good as Vegas, Colorado, or Edmonton in the top six. Um, if you just look at that, um, the other teams look a little bit scarier in that sense. Um, so, like I said, I would love to see uh, a top six winger. Um, 
just to kind of push them over that hump. Um, but but again, like it's 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 also hard to do. I, I know the cost mm-hmm. is up there, but again, you've added a Lindholm already. I'm assuming you didn't add him just to get out of the first round. Uh, I'm assuming you're you're adding him because like a conference final is a goal. Um, and again, uh, a top six winger, legitimate. Um, and you can start to to argue that uh, that you should be among the the last two in the west west if you get that. Yannick, uh, we appreciate it as always. Uh, enjoy tonight. Yeah, you too. There he is, Yannick Hansen. Uh, about as thorough a discussion as uh, about the whole Pedersen stuff as you will find. Uh, he is brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford and Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. So that's it. Moratorium now on the uh, Pedersen contract stuff for at least uh, a handful of days here on the People's Show. Going to try my best to avoid it. More details, uh, reports will come out, I'm sure, between now and March 8. But uh, that was a, a fantastic discussion. I saw, saw some text here coming right as the show was starting. No more Patterson talk! Stop it! Uh, but uh, we appreciate, certainly, Yannick Hansen uh, going through the entire spectrum of conversation there. Uh, about, uh, you know, just, just share from a player's mindset of you know how, how this could all be and, and a teammate's mindset uh, as well. And we've talked to Yannick so many times just about uh, different realities when the when, when the twins were up for extension too, what it was like that summer and how different it was and how you know excruciating it can be can have to to kind of live in the gray and that's where we are right now just living in that gray until things uh, do get resolved. But great stuff there from Yannick. Uh, thank you for the text as well coming in. Uh, it's just uh, Lotso saying uh, Yannick's comments don't make uh, – if Yannick Hansen's comments don't make the Pedersen saga clearly understandable, nothing will. He answered every question on the board perfectly. That's from Lotso uh, coming into the inbox. Uh, keep coming with your thoughts. They play the Penguins tonight. Line up a little few changes on the power play. It's been discussed, I'm sure, here on the station on Canucks Talk. Uh, some some different personnel and uh, some some odd adjustments on the power play. <laughs> what do you think about that and getting ready for uh, the Penguins game tonight? All on the way here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. The most comprehensive Canucks coverage in the city. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. song too man that song came in hot hot my ears <laughs> we need to talk about your headphone volume Nick. it's it's traditionally loud but this i didn't even get to appreciate this song all right i gotta lower my headphone volume now R- radio people tend to be terrible with their headphone volume yeah naturally it's it, it's a really bad habit we are all going to be deaf by the time we're 50 I'm glad you didn't say 40, because I was like, oh, it's going to be there pretty soon for me. Well, how old are you? Old enough. Old 39, enough. Uh, right? 38. 38. Yeah. You got 12 years. <laughs> yeah, 12 years. It's going to go by like that. No. I was I was a spry 27-year-old, and I was like, you know what? I need to get into this radio industry. I got to be honest. It's been seven years. We're in our seventh year here at Sportsnet 650. It's felt like a decade. <sighs> Losing, man. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do that to you. <laughs> 
a lot of losing over the course of seven years. It makes everything like this year has flown by, isn't it? No. You don't think so? No. This year has flown by. It's 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 a I, I feel like slow trough. Eight one at the start of the season was uh fairly recent. No man. And then you you blink and you're like, Oh wait, game sixty one tonight? Doesn't we are in the dog days of the hockey season. Yeah, like uh, until you get to March eighth, then things will pick up. Hopefully, uh, we we were talking with uh, I don't know if it was on the show or if it was off air, but uh, we're talking with Brett Festerling. Yeah, um, and he was essentially saying like once once that twenty goes down to nineteen, then it's like all right, we're 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 at the uh, the end. You can start uh, chasing towards the finish line. <laughs> we're at the end. <laughs> well, you you certainly feel that way, right? It just the end is near. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I, I always break up the seasons in 2040-20. Yeah. And sorry for the two extra games. Play some however you want. But yeah, until you get to that final 20, which I guess we're kind of there now, but still feels like a little bit away. Like March 8th, once we get to March 8th, then the the, the final chase. Next Friday, right? Man, yeah. it'll be here before you know it. Next Friday. Trade deadline. Days away. Like We, we can start talking about the hours now. We're that close. How many hours is it? Actually, I'm not going to do math. Recurring theme on the post-game show is us trying to do real-time math, and it never seems to work out. Twenty, uh, Sorry, 224 hours and 23 minutes. 224 hours from now? And 23 minutes until March 8th. There you go. And then add 12 more hours because deadline. So 236 yeah. hours from now. Correct. Man. And 23 minutes. Need that 24 clock going around. I'm like, deet, deet, deet. Yeah, and and uh, before you know it, maybe in that time, Patterson will sign a contract. All right, I'm sorry, I broke the moratorium already. It's Patrick Alvin, Jack Bauer. My bad. Scenario. I didn't watch 24 enough to to know all the characters. Where were the Patterson other would be the villain. Um, Alvin would be Jack Bauer. Okay. Was it a consistent villain, or was it a new villain every season? I think it was a new villain every every episode, season, right? No, because no, the season, the the whole premise of the show was 24. The whole premise of a season was 24 hours, wasn't it? I, I don't remember 24. I should have watched 24. If, if you watched 24, text in 650-650. But I feel like every, it was supposed to be like every episode was an hour. Mm-hmm. I might be misremembering 24, mm-hmm. though. All right. Power play tonight. 650-650. Uh, uh, come in with your thoughts. Uh, a couple of uh, texts in here. Um, um, by the way, some reaction to Yannick's uh, interview as well. JB, uh, Hanson had me until the te- he listed teams that have a stronger top six. Not a single one of those teams have a stronger top six or even top nine than us. So he mentioned Colorado, he mentioned Edmonton, and he mentioned um, Vegas. That might more be more about like the the force multipliers those teams have yeah, in, exactly. in McKinnon and McDavid. And, you know, Eichel when he's at his best. I'd even add uh, the Maple Leafs to that. Dreisaitl. Um, yeah. I, I'm more focused on the Western teams. But it, sure. it, it's, it's it's not that the Canucks don't have a JT Miller, don't have Elias Pettersson. It's just that, yeah, like McDavid and Dreisaitl at their peak, like they're Hart Trophy winners. And Nathan McKinnon at his peak, is, it's hard to catch those guys. So, are those guys worth significantly more than Ilya Mikheyev being in your top six? And also, like they're still working some of those pieces out. And not that the the actual bodies might equal, but man, like those guys are 
absolutely fantastic. Uh, but it's it's open to interpretation, JB. Uh, 650-650. Eric from Red Deer, what are your thoughts on the new look power play units? Do we think this will spark the guys? So uh, the units today over at uh, Morning Skate, you can call it 1B, 1A. Just power play 1, power play 2, man. Okay, which one's power play 1, though? The one with with Hughes and Pedersen on it. And the one with Tyler Myers on it? Yeah. Yeah. And Archie Baines? Your two best Ooh, players. Like, your hey. two best players are on power play one. End of story. Big shout out to Archie Baines for getting power play time tonight. Yeah. Uh, but so the, the power plays look like uh, Baines, Myers, Lindholm, Pedersen, and Hughes. And then Suter, Garland, Besser, Miller, and Philip Hornick. So your, that is 100% power play, too. Your, your power play specialist, well, allegedly power play specialist, in JT Miller, one of the best passers in the league. And your leading goal scorer on power play too. Yes. However you want to break it down. Hey, yes. text in 650-650. Is it – which one do you think is power play one? Should I do a do Twitter poll? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, like which one to you is power play one, power play two? I, I, I think this is going back to just like when Hironic went on with, with 2D man the other game. And it's like, yeah, let's just try things. And Rick Talkett even mentioned maybe the guys just need to separate themselves. Like a trial separation here. Basically, for the Canucks power play. Go date other power play specialists for a week. See how it works. Right now, there there's no bad ideas, so try it, I guess. But boy, did it look a little awkward today uh, seeing those. And we'll see how it plays out tonight versus the Pittsburgh Penguins, how much usage they get, because apparently the Canucks don't draw a lot of penalties. Remember, Bick, nothing changes if nothing changes. Hey, good shout. Good shout. So, so they're not banging their head against the wall and... Doing the definition of insanity, I get it. But this one just didn't inspire a lot of confidence. right? We sit here and say, hey, put JT Miller back on the half wall. That's where JT Miller has thrived for season after season. It's it's where he does his best work. And he might find himself there, but he's also doing it with Suter, Garland, and Ronick, and not Pedersen, Miller, and Lindholm uh, featured on his line as well. Uh, 650, 650. Um, every episode was 24 hours in the shows. Not, uh, we got it. Yeah, we got it. We got it. So, so we were right the whole time. You were. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Uh, all right. <laughs> it's every Jack Bauer text right now coming in. People love TV shows. Man. Yeah. So, I, I just want to get on the power play, too. Um, the Baines inclusion. Big, big opportunity, obviously, for him. And he's taken every opportunity so far with the fact that, you know, he steps into the lineup, plays a decent first night, jumps up the lineup, continues to play well. And Rick Tocchi even shouting him out that here he is, that you know players want to play with him from, from the little that they have uh, seen in him. And now we get some power play time. The, the, the omission that I found interesting, because Tyler Myers is out there on power play one, according to Dom, is no Nils Hoaglander. That wasn't a shot, Dom. Don't worry about it. I didn't it's, take it as well. It's, it's, it's no Nils Hoaglander. Go on. That's, you know, here, here's Nils Hoaglander, who has fought and scrapped for this opportunity just to move up the lineup. And he, he maintains his spot with uh, uh, within the five-on-five lines. But here's Nils Hoaglander now not on a 
power play, 17 goals on the year. And it finally, after some time, he gets some some minimal power play usage. And Archie Baines, in a handful of games, is now thrust past him for power play usage. And this is kind of the constant conundrum at times for Nils Hoaglander is like achieving consistency. Because you can see for moments, like he, he flashes at five on five, and you want to see time on the power play for Nils Hoaglander, but now it's no goals in six games for Nils Hoaglander. It's, progress it's, is not always linear. No, no, you know? like, I, I He's totally a young get guy. That. I totally get that. But it's like every opportunity, there's a little flash, and he, he flashed with Pedersen, right? Like that, he, he scored a goal, and then he got fed in through on another game and you know doesn't convert and just hasn't looked as effective. And now, like, Archie Baines has no points. But he's going on the power play. And I just like wonder, like, here's the, the constant struggle at times to, to really place Nils Hoaglander, who can be an effective player, and he's had this fun season, and it's 17 goals, and yet every step seems to be met with either a step back, maybe not two steps back, but has he really pierced through to earnestly take the trust of the, the coaching staff? And it just... I, I just looked at the power play line today and I was I was a little disappointed for Nils Hoaglander because he just kind of got his foot in the door on the power play and it gets taken away right away. And it's not even as if it's you know Brock Besser coming back from injury or something like that. It's R.S.D. Baines, who's looked very impressive. But what does this mean for Nils Hoaglander? And is his spot, even in the top six, kind of up for grabs at some point? Uh, in the near future, because he's losing footing in in a, in a role as well on the power play. Uh, that to me, something to keep an eye on here for these next you know ten days. But also, when he started to emerge and score some goals, said play this out till the end of February. We're a handful of games or a handful of days left uh, now till the end of February, Friday, March first, and you, you, it's only two more games: Pittsburgh and LA. Nils Hoaglander doesn't score, doesn't look like he's producing on Elias Pettersson's wing. It might be a time for that shuffle. And is he back down the lineup? Where I would like to see him, to be honest. Not just because it's a demotion, but he's helped build an identity for a line on the fourth line. You put him back there, uh, does he get a chance to uh, thrive? And you're, you're kind of at a stage right now where, as you enter that final 20 games... That's when the, the, the race begins of fine-tuning everything that you think you've crafted out. And right now, it's unfortunate, but it's it's a little bit of uh, some, some sputtering from uh, Nils Hoaglander right now. Kevin from Calgary, wait till we sign Kessel, and he takes Hoaglander's spot. Yeah, that's the other thing. I mentioned Brock Besser as if, like, oh, he, he might come back from injury or something and take a spot on the power play. It's Phil Kessel. What happens when Phil Kessel signs? Which uh, could be 200 and... 40 hours and 15 minutes away. Oh, yeah. March 8th, right? Get signed. Get get ready for that one. Uh, All right. Dom, you were pitching something to me in the break here of uh, things that you just discovered or or, or things that are happening. Wendy CEO. (laughs) Just just right into it. Dom was so (laughs) passionate about this. Aghast. I was aghast. Hey, we got to talk about this. Wendy CEO has announced um, surge pricing. Uh, Kirk Tanner is his name. 
Wow, we're we're naming names. We are. Dom is so angry about this. Keep in mind, this is U.S. only in 2025, so there is some time. Yeah, but you know the old phrase of like, oh, it would never happen here. <laughs> It'll happen here. It'll happen here. Beginning as early as 2025, we will begin testing more enhanced features like dynamic pricing and day part offerings, along with AI-enabled menu changes and suggestive selling. As we continue to show the benefit of this technology in our company-operated restaurants. So, what is suggestive selling? Like it will it will recommend things to you well, based sounds... on like your tastes. Well, that sounds interesting. How often do you like diversify your your fast food order? I don't really. Yeah, so it's like if they learn your trends, that's that seems okay to me. But at a premium, Vic. That's the issue. So surge pricing. Yes. So basically, if I'm running through the drive-thru at 6 o'clock on a Friday night, and my usual, you know, I usually get two Dave singles, mm-hmm. and I'm paying 4 bucks for, for the two of them, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But if, if there's a minivan in front of you. And they order 10. Yeah. You know, I'm pulling up, I'm now paying 7 bucks for my meal instead of 4 Local soccer team, kid soccer team, just won. 4-1, coach is like, hey, you know what? Frozen malts for everyone. Let's go. Surge pricing. So you know how you get in an Uber on a Friday night? Mm-hmm. It's the same premise. 1 a.m., yeah. 3 a.m., whatever, however. You're paying 20% more. Whatever time you think is time. late enough to go home, that's yeah. the time I said. It, it's that premise. So is it yeah. per item or is it just in general, like across the board? I think It's like be, if we got 10 people in the store. I think it would be across the board if you think about it. What is happening Society? Greed. Greed, Vic. <laughs> Why are we okay with this? Why are we okay with paying surge pricing on Ubers? It's bad, man. Genuinely, why? Yeah. I don't know. Supply demand, though. No, I just call a cab. You could do that, absolutely. Or I can compare. You, again, you have options to like not take Ubers. Exactly. But. And I always have the option. I can open the Lyft app and see if it's cheaper there. They're, they're also, they aren't as convenient, I would say. No. You can always take the train to a spot. That as well. Out of the surge pricing yeah. area and find your next spot. But for. If, if we're doing this across the board. Fast food. Because you know, it's, it's not as if it's going to stop there. No. So what's the next surge pricing? Grocery stores? Oh. Food is already so expensive, Bick. Your produce is about to get surged up. Oh, no. I just got physically depressed. Yeah. Those bell peppers. What if you really like red? And I'm like, I have to go get green? Maybe prices go lower before the beef goes bad. Ah, good point. (laughs) Kevin from Calgary, it's 3 a.m. Wendy's going to be super cheap. Then (laughs) then. you're not wrong. What would be our version of surge? Vic, you've been suggestively sold to for years. <laughs> would you like fries with that? Chief oh, Chris man. and Duncan. What would be our version of surge, like surge content? Paying for a podcast. Like, let's say we have an exclusive interview with Patrick Alvin. Yeah, and you want to be one of the first to listen There's to it. There's a lot of people cringing right now. I'd be like, yeah. what are you doing coming up with ideas? I was going to say even like, boy, a lot of people are clicking on the Pedersen stuff, so we're only going to talk about Pedersen. No. Our our version of it, honestly, yeah. is is pay per view or pay per listen playoff yeah. games. Oh my goodness! Or like yeah. high event, like Saturday night games. 
Surge clothing and gas. Oh man, surge. I mean, surge gas is like surge gas is a thing. It's already a thing. Yeah, it went up seven cents the other day. Yeah. something like that. I, I, I mean, I don't drive. So. That is surgical. Okay, relax. Seven cents. You don't. You've got an EV. I do. So you're and even that's getting expensive. But you're like, oh, relax. Let's not talk about <laughs> gas. Like, it doesn't impact you. <laughs> surge clothing would be. Imagine surge pricing at a bar. Like Elon, uh, when you go out on a Friday a night. There's it, actually a bar in Barcelona. Yeah. I've been there. I don't know the name. Uh, I've seen that. It, 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 right. It's so like the popular drinks, yeah. it's a stock market. It fluctuates based on what people are buying. Them. You're kidding. Yeah. So if nobody's buying a certain lager, yeah. it'll go really cheap. No way. Yeah. I, I And I think that's like awesome. That's like each individual item ha- ebbs and flows. Now across the board, we're like, full house night, let's charge 20 extra percent on everything. That sucks. But that concept of just some things go up, some things go down, that that's cool. I'd be totally up for that. Well, we see that with Canucks tickets too, right? Yeah. Certain teams come into town. But but there's no cheaper tickets. Yeah, sports and concerts have surge yeah. pricing for sure. But yeah. but, but they, they don't go below a baseline. Ah. Uh, right, on the, the resale the, market? I'm sure they Depends do. where you live. Right, but yeah. resale market, we're talking about the buying if you're living in Carolina from the bar. Right, but if you buy a verified resale ticket on Ticketmaster, you can still get some pretty cheap tickets out there. That's a secondary market doing it. I'm, I'm talking like direct from the bar. Yeah, like, this is direct it, from it's, Ticketmaster. It's sub, uh, a regular logger is $5, but yeah. nobody's buying it. Now it's down to four, mm-hmm. or euros, sorry, because we're in Barcelona here. Mm-hmm. But that, that to me is a cool idea. But like Ticketmaster isn't like willingly dropping their tickets, are they? Last minute deals? Yeah, absolutely. But isn't it for like someone already has the ticket and it's a resale? Yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure when you you put your ticket up for resale, you can dial in like a like a what's it called? An area within which you're comfortable. Sometime. Sure. Uh, all right. Uh, Six fifty six. Search pricing on Pedersen's next contract. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, the bar apparently is called Dow Jones. I like that. There you go. Because apparently also they, they have like a stock market crash at the bar. I've seen an article about this. That's dangerous. And so either it's a crash or it's Yeah, a, it's for like 20 minutes. Everything drops. Yeah. Something like that. Free ideas here. People are now just texting in all the things that have surge pricing. So this Wendy's thing isn't even a new like thing. We're just It's just the next thing. That's so sad. But to me, like, at least I understand the Uber one, right? Right. Like, I don't agree with it, but I understand why it exists. Yeah. Fast <laughs> food? This is what we're doing? Fast food? Corporate cream, Vic. But I'm telling you, it's like a, a, a kid's soccer team is going to win, and they're going to, like, flood it. And it's like, well, we got to lift the prices all of a sudden. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And you're craving that Friday night, Dom, of... Uh, a single or whatever it is you want. It's going to be ruined because some kid scored a hat trick. And, and he deserved <laughs> he deserved a, fro- a frozen mold. And those malt. summer ice creams are about to get a hell of a lot more expensive. <laughs> uh, all right. Fun stuff in the inbox. Uh, good work. 650, 650. Texting in to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, back at it tomorrow. Vanny Sartini joining us uh, here on The People Show. On the way, Dan Riccio, Satyar Shah. They're looking all spiffy. TV pregame later tonight. Join in progress. Oh, is it? It is tonight. All right. But you'll you'll see them. 
Hopefully. Hopefully. The Hopefully. game doesn't go yeah. like 50 shootout rounds. Didn't you guys have one where it was like 20 seconds? You just like wave to the camera basically? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. Rough. It's always the Capitals or the Bruins. Yeah, a lot of Bruins games. Yeah. Okay. But that's later today, 6.30. Then Batch and Randy, 7 o'clock. Pittsburgh Penguins in town. Myself and... Go on. Sat till 11.30. Also, stick around. Josh has a brand new intro for the Open. You're going to want to hear it. Wait, the battle of who's got the best intro is done? No, no, no. This isn't the intro to the show. They have a new segment, and Josh made up a clever intro for it. So stick around and listen. Oh, there you go. Okay. So new Ops supporting ops. There you go. Uh, All right. It's all on the way here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.